Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And this is Collateral Gaming. Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting in the United States, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Uh, It's just me and Zachary this time. We're wrapping up our thoughts on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and this is our season finale, in fact indubitably what's up buddy what's up man we finally both got a, got around to beating the story well i've beat i've had the game beat for like a month now i finally I th- got around to beating it <laughs> yeah and um as you guys will see i have some thoughts on this game and yeah i, I think a lot talk- of the, the the recency bias the new zelda hype kind of wore out and we'll, we'll we'll get into that yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah um but uh yeah, no, we'll get into it. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the season finale. This is part two of our season finale. If you haven't checked out part one, which is our spoiler-free thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom, I recommend you do so. Um, just, just generally better just to kind of do it in that order. Um, and then also you'll kind of see like how far we've come since the, the game first came out to now. Um, and uh, the nice thing now is that the game has been out for over a month. Uh Almost two months. Yeah, 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 well over a month. Um, yeah, the game has been out for some time now. Uh, it took us a while to finally, I mean, we, we didn't end up doing part one until the game had been out for a couple weeks, I think. Um, but that was fine. And then I think, yeah, this, this was just like another, another month or so before, um, you know, we got to the point where we could record um, that we'd all finished the, the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, and this has been a fun season. Uh, definitely missed out on some content, you know, throughout the season. And uh, there's, a, there's a few episodes that we ended up having to cut. But the good, nice thing about it is we can always come back later and do those. But, I mean, I, I feel like we've, we've really talked about a lot of bangers. I mean, we had, what, God of War came out this year? Ragnarok? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about starting another playthrough. Because a couple months ago, the new Game Plus came out and... I wanted to jump back into it, but I just wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't yeah. ready to just fully dive in. Because that, that's the first and only PlayStation title or only video game I've ever, like, truly 100%ed, except for Breath of the Wild. Because Nintendo games don't really have achievements. Yeah. But, um, I mean, shit, finding 900 fucking Korok seeds is an achievement. I but, did that with uh, Spider-Man. I platinumed yeah. it. Yeah. Not I, all the DLC, of, though. Ragnarok is the first game I've ever platinumed. So, um... It was a really good time. I'm definitely not going to do that shit again. 
but <laughs> um, going through and getting everything to level 10, which hopefully you can do, it should be fun. Experiencing the story again, because after having some time to cool down, I love Ragnarok. It's a phenomenal game. I don't like it as much as the first. We're not here to talk about that, but I'm excited <laughs> to go back through the game. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I mean, yeah, we also, our other Zelda title that we did uh, uh, this season as we uh, did our Zelda month uh, was A Link Between Worlds. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, Dan was with us for that. Uh, unfortunately, Dan uh, and Megan have not completed the main story, and I really <laughs> wanted us to get into big spoilers for this episode. So, um, yeah, they're, they are not joining us. In fact, I, I don't think Megan's bought the game at all yet, actually. And I'm like, Megan! She, Megan, she what are you doing? It. And I definitely 100% recommend purchasing the game um, and playing through it. Um, but, like, we'll dive into how I'm feeling towards Tears of the Kingdom but yeah, yeah, but it's been a it's been a good ride so far this season. Um, we opened up with Final Fantasy VII. We did Resident Evil. Uh, we did kind of a deep dive of the Resident Evil franchise in October. Um, let's see, like I said, we did Zelda month, and that was pretty cool. Uh, we had uh, Metroid Prime Remastered came out this season. Uh, we did a we did a, an episode on that. Uh, the Ace Attorney trilogy, something I've been meaning to get to for some time. Yeah, just just a lot of, of uh, a lot of cool stuff came out this last season, and we're already you know kind of planning out season six, and uh, yeah. I'm really excited for for what we're gonna do. Actually, we'll we'll, we'll be announcing that by the end of this episode because, um, hint hint wink wink, it's it's gonna have to do with uh, everyone's favorite web slinger, Doc Ock. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's jump right into uh, Tears of the Kingdom. All mm-hmm. right. So uh, it's been yeah well over a month since the game came out, almost two months. Uh, we finally had time to get through it. I did not 100% the game or even do it, uh, everything that I really wanted to do with it yet. Um, in fact, that's what was taking me so long. This game <laughs> just kept keeping me busy, uh, and, and and so I I really. Um, I really was mo- a lot, doing a lot of exploration. I mean, I feel like I got through the first... I, I feel like I got through the, 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 all the dungeons very quickly, actually. Um, and, then, and then, you know, all there was was left was exploration. And therein lies the problem, which is, I think, what we're about to get into yeah, here in a bit. It's... But, um, but I spent all this time on exploration, and then eventually I got to a point where it's like, okay, we're going to do this episode now, so let me just go ahead and finish the main story. I, I will say that finishing the story... Uh, definitely uh, revitalized a lot of things for me. But, yeah, let, let's get into yeah. uh, what, uh, yeah, what, what What about you, Zach? Go ahead. So, first of all, um, I said something in the first, well, first and foremost, I spent the entirety of the first part just absolutely giving Tears of the Kingdom the best blowjob it has ever gotten in its life. <laughs> I was on such a high I was on such a high that a new Zelda was out finally that I just couldn't stop hyping the game up. I couldn't stop talking about how great it was, how much fun I was having. And it hit me about two and a half, three weeks after we did that episode. While I was still playing the game, I hadn't quite beaten the main story yet. It hit me that I was really, really overhyping this game for everybody and for myself in the fact that I just wasn't having a really great time playing the game anymore. In fact, everything about the game to me felt tedious. I was right in the fact that 
this game made Breath of the Wild look like a tech demo. This game took everything good about Breath of the Wild and expanded it. It took Breath of the Wild's story and put it to shame. Because the story is, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really good and it's better laid out than Breath of the Wild's story. There's a lot more direction to it. It's still kind of open-ended. You can kind of take the, let's take the regional phenomena, for example. You can kind of take those and go in whatever direction you want to go. But it still feels more directed because before you even start worrying about the regional phenomena, you learn about the dragons, tears, quests. You find this area at the back of the Forgotten Temple that shows you the location of the tears and uh, where they're at and a good order to follow them in, which is another problem that I have. And this is not the game's fault. This is my fault. I didn't understand what I was looking at when I was looking at that the wall because I wasn't really paying much of attention to it. So the first tier I found was a huge spoiler. It was like the very end of the story. Oh, and I was wow. so confused. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I realized, I was like, oh, they're like the memories from Breath of the Wild in the fact that they're random. And you stumble upon you can stumble upon them and find them in any order. But in this game, there is, you know an arrangement for them there is a set order and i actually did them in order because if you go to the forgotten temple yeah. uh and, and, and you can actually take a picture of the map and the glyphs on the wall and they're actually in order on that they're, they're in the order that they're in on the wall if you go yeah. um clockwise around starting from the left as you come in so it actually did help so i was able to actually and i and i i made it a point to do them in order and even if i came across a glyph i was like i'll mark it on my map but i'm not gonna do it right now i want to do these in order um what's cool about these is that they parallel the memories main quest in breath of the wild which was piecing together what happened 100 years ago um but this time, what we're doing is we're actually following what happened to Zelda. So the titular tears of the kingdom, uh, these dragon tears, um, are found at, you know, at these glyphs. And then they start to piece together what happened after the opening of the game where Zelda falls into the chasm. Um, and apparently she gets transported back to 10,000 plus years in the past. To the and, era of the first king and queen of Hyrule, Raru uh -huh. and Sonya. Raru is your companion on the Great Sky Island as he helps you kind of regain the lost vigor in his arm that he replaces your decayed and gone arm with. Apparently, he saves your life with it. And I will say, um, the intro to this game is probably one of the best in video game history. Top tier. It is stellar. It doesn't shove cutscenes down your throat. It immediately puts you in control of Link. The intro yeah. is awesome. And the Great Sky Island, to me, is one of the best parts of the entire game. Because... While it is kind of open and allows you to kind of regain the power, uh, kind of like the Great Plateau, it's a it's actually exactly like the Great Plateau um, in the fact that you go and visit four shrines to gain the abilities that you will use in the overworld in Tears of the Kingdom. But on the Great Sky Island, it's a little bit more linear. You're kind of more pushed to find a certain ability first. Like you're at first, the first thing you learn is Ultra Hand. It's, it's the first thing because that shrine is literally right there after you meet Raru and realize that you can't go into the Temple of Time. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, Magnesis was in Breath of yes. the Wild. I mean, it's going to be the first uh, but shrine. But actually worth a damn. <laughs> 
it's the first shrine that you're actually likely to come across. And then there's another two. And then um, in this game, actually, the last shrine is actually saved for the end. And that's where you get the recall ability. I think that's important because the recall ability um, is an application of the same time power that Sonya and Zelda have. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think that that's important, and that's why that was kind of added in there. But, um, yeah, I agree with you that the way that the, the, the opening is structured and, um, you know, the, 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 the level of linearity actually does help to tell the story. And I said that last time in, in regards to the story as a whole in, in a lot of ways, is that um, your, your progression through it. I mean, it is still open world in terms of, you know, like go to the original phenomena in the order, but it almost felt like the game almost kind of pushed you in a certain direction, which was nice. Um, cause you know, I'm, I'm indecisive sometimes and I kind of want to f- figure out like what's the best order to go through. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, like again with the, with the, the tears quest, um, you know, I was able to do that in order and that worked. L- let me just give you my uh, impression of the game from beginning to end. So starting with the opening, it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Down to the last minute detail. Perfect. <laughs> it, it was perfect. Okay. Uh, okay, Homelander. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, dude. Honestly, I side side note. I'm really sad that the boys season four got postponed indefinitely <laughs> because of some sort of strike that's going on. I don't know the details, but I yeah, love a lot the of stuff that's been I'm, affected by that. Have you seen that show, The Boys? I have not watched it extensively. Like I maybe dude. want to watch part of the pilot. All right, so you and I still need to finish our watch through of Chuck, but brother, The Boys is so good. I need to get into it. I know, but I'll watch it with you. All right, so the uh, the the Homelander perfect that that encapsulates how I felt about the first part of the game, and then getting to each of the dungeons, woo, woo, it was, yeah, it was great. Woo! It's so great. And then getting into like everything that's left and just doing exploration, uh, it's all right. And then getting back, getting to the ending of the game, it was perfect, absolutely perfect. Down to the last minute detail. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So um, I agree with you. Uh, like, I like what they did with trekking to the dungeon. You're not strong enough at any of the points to just go. to. If The game pushes you to go to the Wind Temple first, which is where you, know, you meet uh, Tulin, and you use his ability to help you get there. I like the linearity that they had. You had to follow a specific path in order to get there. I really like the way Nintendo did that. It was the same way with the Water Temple. Um, except the Water Temple should not have been in the sky. The Water Temple should have been in the fucking water. The Water Temple should have been underground where the ancient Zora's waterworks were. Those should have been swapped. Other... Exactly. The ancient Zora's waterworks should have been that island in the sky. And... The Wind Temple, to me, is the only dungeon that felt right in the sky. And gl- gladly, it was one of... I'm glad that it was one of two. Only two that yeah. were in the sky. Like, I loved I loved the positioning of the Lightning Temple. Loved the... Dude, the Fire Temple. The Fire oh. Temple was a surprise to me. So, yeah, yeah. Like, like just finding it in the depths. I actually freaked out. And I think I texted you. I was like, you're, you're going you to freak out when you find out where the Fire Temple is. And, like, yeah, there's a whole ass dungeon in the depths. Uh, and that's the Fire Temple, and uh, technically the Spirit Temple too, although that's really not a dungeon. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, that was a surprise for me. 
Uh, in fact, the Fire Temple, in my opinion, is the best dungeon in this game. Uh, no, it, no hands. I, I, to me, it's one of if you do it the way it's supposed to. I think it's one of the best in the series. I've heard you could also cheese it. But <laughs> you can cheese every single dungeon except for the Lightning Temple. But I mean, it, you know, what I mean, if you're a Zelda fan and you're into the dungeon gameplay. You know, you kind of play yourself if, if you decide to cheese it. I mean, I kind of feel like that's a criticism that's not warranted because it's like just because, you know what I mean? You are in control of how you want to play this game. Well, I am <laughs> of the I am of the belief and the desire that the main dungeons should have been structured just like the shrines. Don't give us give us linearity. Like if you are so good, Nintendo, listen to me. If you are so fucking good at giving us a linear pathway to get to these dungeons, Without well, except for you know, um, the fire temple because you can pretty much approach it from any angle in the depth. Yeah, if you're see, just down there. That's where actually it works. The they actually managed to make the open world form formula formula feel like a traditional Zelda dungeon, in particular with the fire and the lightning temples. Yes, um, and and they do at times feel a little bit more linear, but they are actually you know, open, open-ended. open It's just that certain things are going to be closer to you, so the dungeon is structured in such a way that it, yeah. that it does help. Um, and and I, I think that that works to their advantage. Now, when I got to the Wind Temple, okay, for instance, the build-up to the Wind Temple, perfect. Um, before I, Before I get into the other stuff, um, the boss, perfect. Um, the, the, uh, you know, the setup, the setting of the Wind Temple. Perfect. Perfect. But the dungeon itself, eh, I, I immediately, and it was my, the Wind Temple was my first dungeon. I immediately noticed how similar it was to the Divine Beasts. Um, but the pros were enough that it really actually still worked for me. And, it, and I really yeah. had a high. And I think that that boss battle really kind of helped with that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was starting to worry a little bit. I was like, are these going to be just like the Divine Beasts? Which I don't hate, but, you know, I was kind of hoping that we'd get a step in the direction of traditional Zelda dungeons. I did feel that a little bit with the Wind Temple, but not quite. The Fire and Lightning Temple did give that to me. <laughs> the Fire and Lightning Temple were the closest thing to a traditional Zelda dungeon that we've gotten in, like, 11 years, And, and if years. that's what we get in the, ne- in the upcoming games... Give that. Would, yes. that would be perfect. Yeah. Let Let's say the next game kind of has an open world style, but they have more dungeons like that. Dude, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Like, give me Skyward Sword, but open world. Give yeah. me a massive. Give me a massive open world Zelda game with a linear story where I have to go to certain places for things in the story to happen, but I can explore wherever I want to. Yes. Like, I can do that, but certain things will not trigger. Things will not happen until I have done something else in the story. That, for me, would have been perfect. I don't like the fact that, let's say, let's say I'm in the depths just fucking around, right? And I follow this really long pathway down, and then suddenly, I haven't done any of the dungeons, I'm facing Dark Beast, or I'm facing the Demon King's army. And I'm just like, Huh? And I don't have any of the abilities and stuff like that. I don't. So you I did think, stumble upon the the, the, the where where you fight the you, you stumbled upon Gloom's Gloom's Lair, I guess is how I it's called. Gloom's uh, Gloom's entrance. What is it? Gloom's, there's Gloom's Lair. There's Gloom's Origin. I know. Gloom's Origin, dude. That's yeah. such a okay. All right. So for the problems that I have with Tears of the Kingdom, the names of shit popping off. Gloom's Gloom's oh Gloom's Origin, bro. That's so good. So good. Like, come on. And also, 
the chasm inside the Deku tree was fucking sick, and you yes. have to cure his. You have to cure his sickness. Throwback to Ocarina, I guess. I will say, getting the Master Sword was the best Master Sword sequence in the entire franchise. Oh, one hundred percent, bro! Like when you. When you stop, okay. First of all, you cannot get into the Lost Woods at all. You just can't. All right. So I'm getting a little bit of vigor for the game back because I'm I'm going into detail about <laughs> stuff. But I, I promise I I'm not trying to hate the game. But there are a lot of things that I do hate. But the story was good. Finding the story elements was there were some oh shit this is great moments. Yeah. Like you stumble, you you realize that no matter what you do, you can't follow the same tricks as Breath of the Wild, which I'm really glad to get to the Master Sword, to get into the Lost Woods. You stumble upon it in the depths, and you ascend through this giant pillar that takes you into the Lost Woods. And you're like, holy shit, but it's gloomy and dark because the Deku Tree is sick. I had a similar experience. I actually wanted to get into the Lost Woods, and I tried to do it the same way as as Breath of the Wild, me, and it didn't work. Too. And then eventually I thought, wait, wait a second. What if I go down in the depths, and occasionally there is a place where you can ascend up through the surface, and I knew that. So I thought, what if I can get through the Lost Woods that way? And at first I thought like I found like a cool way of getting there before I realized that it, it is actually the only way to get there. Um, yeah, and that that to me was another problem I had with the game, the fact that there were more of those pillars that you could use in the depths to ascend to the surface, but they were fucking pointless. What is the point when I can just warp out? What is the point? I I can literally I get that I can just take it to a random spot in the overworld, but what is the actual point? There it's is- helpful when it's somewhere you haven't been before, or it's it's the only way to get into something like with the Lost Woods. Um, but that's the only time that happens is yeah. the Lost Woods. Yeah, but like for instance, though, if you haven't explored that part of the overworld yet on you know, of the surface, then ascending up there might be helpful for you. You know, it's just kind of like an option that's presented, but it's not. You know, it's not going to be helpful once you have the ability to warp. But what's cool about the game is how uh, seamless it is. You know, being able to move and being able to explore either the surface or the depths. So I, I don't think we really got into the depths last time. I think we tried to keep it as, as much of a secret as we could while still kind of talking about it. We but there's a whole third layer to the game, right, that was not announced, not in marketing materials. I mean, we might have seen a couple shots in the trailer, but nobody thought there was anything of this magnitude down there. Um, there is an entire feather fucking layer to the game other than the sky and other than the surface that is the size of the surface, That is that is an inverted uh, version of it that's completely dark uh, and you have to light it up along the way it's called the depths and for every shrine there is a corresponding light route whose name is actually the reverse of the shrine's name which um, is pretty cool yeah it's lazy but cool at the same time although excuse me dude i'm literally feeling a sneeze coming on right now too don't you dare <laughs> cut this out don't you dare cut that out all that right sneeze was, all right that sneeze was adorable brother <laughs> Uh, um, fuck. What was I gonna say? I'm so high. You were talking about <laughs> you were talking about uh, the shrines and their corresponding light routes and lighting up the depths and how the depths wasn't uh, marketed at all. Yeah, which that's another thing that pisses me off, Ash. What? Why the in the trailer? What they show of the depths is underneath Death Mountain and the whole Elden Volcano area. When, in reality, the depths is only one giant fucking biome. Nothing changes about the temperature, about the, really about the layout, about just, 
Ah! The only change in biome we get is the superheated area in the depths, which is really hard to fucking see in because there's, there's a superheated area in Hebra too. Interestingly I know, enough, it, it which makes it makes sense, but the only difference in the biomes is that parts of it, small parts of it, get superheated. I will say that the giant chasm, the chasms are one of the coolest parts of the game because yeah. most of them are just kind of scattered about the open world, but there are some that are hidden too that you will just randomly stumble upon because yeah. they're not on your map. And you're like, oh shit, well, this is here? And that helps, for instance, like if you see an isolated light route that you can't get around, like that there's no way to get to, but you know must be there because ev- the position of every shrine matches the light routes, which helps with exploration because you're able to actually find a light route based on if you've encountered the shrine in the overworld or vice versa. And that actually really helped with having to track these down and not having to open up a map. I mean, I've done 132 shrines and I've yet to go look at a map of online shrines. I've been finding them. I think there's 156 in the game. 150. I was wrong. It's 152. There 152. are there are 32 in the sky and 120 on the surface. Okay. Yeah, that actually makes sense too because that that's a nice even number of, uh, and sets of four. But I, I agree with you about the chasms. And what was really cool about them is that there's always this sense of adventure as you hear the theme. I mean, diving from the sky to the surface to the chasm to the depths. Um, are accompanied by all these themes and yeah as you get down to the depths i love how it has that loud like blaring sound but like you know like when you're just going from like the sky to the surface it's just kind of a da 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 but you know when you when you go to the depths you know because it's yeah okay so the first time i stumbled upon the depths it freaked me the hell out i was like yo this is this is terrifying. Like, what in the hell, brother? <laughs> so you stumbled upon it. You didn't get. You didn't do access it through the story. No, no, dude. Okay, the first time I went to the depths was literally I was running around the overworld. I had not stumbled upon a chasm. I didn't really notice the splotches that were on the map. I went to. I made my way to the the Great Plateau, right? And I had like eight uh, blessings of light, something like that. And I went to the uh, I went to the goddess statue in the Temple of Time, and she's like, she tells me about uh, how she's her power is blocked, and how I had to go bomb a wall at the base of the Great Plateau to like drain some water or something like that. And then I start this this quest where there are these eyes sitting next to these things on the Great Plateau, and I'm like, I have to toss them into what? And then. You're you you're actually about to laugh your ass off probably because you know how stupid I can be sometimes when I play games <laughs> and it's no different here. I pick up one of the eyes and I notice this gaping hole in the great plateau covered in gloom and I'm like, what in the what in the actual fuck am I looking at? Because I looked I I panned the camera over as much as I could and I was like, dude, holy shit, what is this? And I throw the eye in there. And nothing happens. Because for me in a Zelda game, sometimes that'll trigger a puzzle or it'll trigger a cutscene. Or a, in the most recent games, a Korok will pop out. That's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. There's usually some kind of indication that you've done yeah. something. At least a da 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 da. And nothing happened. And so I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. And I dove down there. Bro, when those horns hit the first time, I nearly shit my pants. I was like, what is happening? Because I had headphones on. I was yeah. um, I was gummied up 
I was kind of high, and I had headphones on, and I was watching this, and I was just like, oh. that's when I stumbled upon the, the depths for the first time, and I had to figure out how to build a vehicle with Ultra Hand and transport the eye. Luckily, you don't have to take them very far, because you're taking them to the Great Abandoned Central Mine, to a, um, a bargaining statue, the Great Bargaining Statue. And that's how you get a heart container from it, and you get auto-build and stuff, yada, yada, yada. Everybody who's played the game at this point knows that. But that's how I stumbled upon it. I was, I, and I... Yeah, that is actually a pretty fun part of the game, and I, I think it's cool because, like, it's not anywhere you're necessarily led to, but if you're if you played Breath of the Wild, you're going to want to go check out the Great Plateau again. You just think at some point, yeah, let me go check that out. Zach, you happened to do that right away. For me, that yeah. happened after I was exploring for a little bit, and I was and after you had mentioned it too, and I did that whole side quest, and I, I thought that that was really cool. I like how I think all the chasms are in the places where all the uh, the Sheikah shrines were, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and the first thing I did on the Great Plateau was go to the Shrine of Resurrection. I was like, let me Same. see, let me see where I woke up 105 years ago. Interestingly enough, they've or removed where, where all they of me the Sheikah technology from the land. Like, it's just mysteriously disappeared. Um, and the Shrine of Resurrection, if you notice, it's just a pond now. Um, yeah, I am going to wager that either Nintendo is going to say, fuck you guys, you'll never get an answer, or the DLC for this game is actually going to be incredible and probably reignite my vigor for it. Um, because there are a lot of questions that I have. There are a lot of... Um, there are a lot of things about this game that I wanted different. A lot of things about this game that should have been changed from Breath of the Wild that weren't. Um, you want to get into that? We can kind of get the problem shit out of the way and then continue like talking. Yeah, I think we tried to, and then we just ended up talking about what we liked, <laughs> which is nice. That That's a good thing. Um, that, is a, that is a good thing. But yeah, I think, you know, for me, I'll start with me because I'm going to be probably less of a downer than you. All right, so for me... The lull of the game started to hit as I had completed all of the dungeons. Um, in fact, you know, even having maybe just a little bit of disappointment in what constitutes is that, because I heard, you know, seven dungeons, and technically that is actually true, because you have the first four dungeons, you have Hyrule Castle, you have the Spirit Temple, and you have uh, Gloom's Lair. That's definitely my fault. <laughs> I had heard that there were seven dungeons, and I passed that information on to Ash, and we were both disappointed. Which, it, yeah, the Spirit Temple, the Spirit Temple quote counts as a temple, but you really just solve four very easy puzzles, and then you fight a boss. Which, yeah, I will say that boss fucking slapped. It was like a fucking rock and sockum robots, rockum sockum robots death match in a gloom covered ring. That was pretty cool, and the music slaps. That okay, all right. We'll talk about we're talking about dislikes. We'll go. <laughs> Continue, so, my friend. You have the first. You have the first four dungeons in the same places as Breath of the Wild, um, and then you have which are the the uh, wind, uh, fire, water, and lightning temples uh, in their respective regions, and then you have the spirit temple, which, like you said, is just a boss battle. I mean, there's kind of a cool like again the getting to that area was cool. Um, yeah, and the and the music's really good. And, and 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 the music's really good. The boss battle was a lot of fun, um, and and I actually was really kind of enjoying the uh, the gameplay with uh, that's the sage at that time. Although um, the usefulness of that sage, I guess, kind of waned a bit for me. But maybe I'm not fully utilizing her either. 
um, which is just Minoru. But anyway, yeah, the Spirit Temple was, yeah, it was, and you kind of set me up for that. I mean, you, you told me that you were disappointed, and then I realized, okay, it's, it's going to be a situation where it doesn't really feel like a dungeon, and it isn't. Um, I just think the starting area was kind of more of the dungeon part, like putting the construct together, and then, yeah. and then the boss battle. Um, and then Hyrule Castle is also counted in that list, if, you're, if, okay. if, if we're counting 10, and that doesn't really count because it's a dungeon from the last game that's the exact same dungeon as it was in the last game. And I, I will say that's one of the best parts of the game though, that ascent to the, to the throne room, that that's one of the best parts of the game, just because when you get there, it's got a classic Zelda trope of Ganon kind of taunting you before what would normally be the final encounter. But instead he teases you and sends his minions to do it for him, which they fail obviously, but getting there, learning that princess Zelda, which we knew that, but learning that princess Zelda wasn't, in fact, Princess Zelda, it was just a, a copy of her with Ganon's magic. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and if you did the Dragon Tears side quest, then you kind of saw that coming already. But yeah, um, but yeah uh, that, that was cool, though. I really did enjoy that part of the game. In fact, I appreciate it more because in Breath of the Wild, I never really explored Hyrule Castle that much. I just kind of went straight to, to uh, Calamity Ganon when I did, and I got the Hylian Shield, of course. But um, in this game, it kind of took you around Hyrule Castle, which is nice. Um, and I did visit er, visit it earlier in the game to get the champion's leathers, um, yep. because the letter in Hateno Village from Zelda mentions that. By the way, Zelda's now living in what was Link's house in Breath of the Wild, the one that you kind of renovate. So uh, fucking. they were fucking. They're definitely fucking. We'll we'll get into that too, because um, <laughs> this game I think kind of re- almost reaches Skyward Sword levels, but just a, a, a tier subtler. But yeah, um, a little bit more subtle. You got you got to be careful comparing it to Skyward Sword because that game is my baby, bro. That I is love that game. That is it is a fantastic game. Um, You're a fantastic game. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the Hy- Hyrule Castle segment was cool you kind of actually got to explore it you can get the, Hy- the Hylian shield there again too um, and uh, yeah I mean and, and it's kind of kept in its entirety you uh, yeah if, if you liked exploring it it's, it's here still but with new challenges new enemies to fight and um, the boss battle against uh, a Phantom Ganon there who's significantly more difficult than the other Phantom Ganon battles. I mean, I think that was probably the hardest battle for me in the game. I think that was intended to be the first one, but uh, where I will start talking about an issue of mine yeah. next, that that's where that takes place. Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to go ahead? Um. Well, yeah. Let, let me. Yeah. Let me just round this out here. So, yeah. It, it was the so the the that really not so that just being a dungeon that was carried over from Breath of the Wild the Spirit Temple not really being a dungeon and then the last one realizing that that just meant the final dungeon which is really really intense and awesome but it's a straight shot to Ganondorf so not as much of a of a Zelda dungeon it's a, it's a Zelda final dungeon which is fine they are, you always have those. Um, and it's a great dungeon as a, as a final dungeon. But again, kind of the disappointment settling for me that I didn't have like seven traditional Zelda dungeons, right? And that's fine, though. But, but I, I, I did the dungeons. I realized, you know, the game had still had more than Breath of the Wild had to offer, which was nice. Um, and what we did get was really, really good. The, the lightning and fire temples were primo. The, uh, the wind temple was, was kind of mid, but um, everything else about it was fantastic. The water temple was... Um, was, was arguably kinda, the worst in the game. Yeah, not arguably, like, inarguably. That was the biggest disappointment for me. 
but it was fine. We got it. Um, it's still fun for a first experience. The only thing that I will say was not fun was the Mukdurak fight. That boss can kiss my left nut. Yeah, I that boss sucked. It. That's at the bottom I, of my list. <laughs> that is the worst boss in Zelda history. <laughs> I don't know about it's that, but terrible. it is—it's the lowest in my list of this for this game, which I have a—I have like a top. Uh, I, I have—I have a ranking saved for a future episode. But um, yeah. So anyway, what this is all leading to is you know me having done all the there was to offer about the dungeons and I had already done the dragon tears side quest or main quest, which was fantastic. But at this point, all I had left to do was fight Ganondorf. And of course now I want to do all the extra shit, not 100% the game, but I think some of my more lofty goals were to, uh, you know, finish all of the shrines, um, at least, you know, fully upgrade a piece of armor um, get all of the the champions weapons from Breath of the Wild which return in this game um, and just like a few other things and most of which I didn't do but it's okay I, I I did play the game for several weeks you know just just for for a few weeks just focusing on that just doing exploration but that's where the game really hit the lull for me because once you've gotten past all of the new stuff I've done all the dungeons which is what I look forward to most in a Zelda game you know and then you kind of peel away you know okay well the, the sky the sky is not as big as as everything else is. It's not nearly as big as the other maps. It's just kind of like a few different types of islands. In fact, they kind of copy-pasted a little bit. Um, they're oh, still fun, God. but once you realize that there's not a whole lot more new to do in the sky, then that kind of loses its magic. Um, realizing that the depths was just the entire Hyrule map, but, you know, just kind of all monochromatic, all one setting, like you were mentioning earlier. And, and that was the, all there was to do in the depths, was just find the light routes and find challenging enemies, you know. So we run out of all the surprises. And so at that point, once you've peeled all that away, all that's left is Breath of the Wild's map. And while progressing through that map initially felt very different, once you've explored the entire map and you know, you're like, okay, yeah, it's the same map from Breath of the yeah. Wild. And I think, you know, and you're getting most of the same items. There aren't that many new armor items. So it's like you're mostly collecting the same shit you did in the same world of Breath of the Wild. And that's what you spend the majority of exploration gameplay doing. And, yeah, it's... To me, it doesn't really feel like exploration because exploration includes wonder. And for me, this game kind of lost its wondrous nature about four hours in once I realized what everything was. I think that one of the best additions to this game was the cave system. I think that that was sick. I loved randomly stumbling upon like holes in mountains and stuff where I could go in and explore. But once you realize that all the caves are really good for are finding bubble frogs and a shitty shield that doesn't compare to anything that you have in your inventory, I started to get really upset. And the I, I like the callback that they did to Twilight Princess and the Wind Waker, because once you kill and collect enough, kill enough bubble frogs and collect enough bubble gems, you can get this magic rupee gear, which takes rupees instead of hearts when you take damage, and a lot of people have been dying it to where they look like Goku, and that shit's hilarious. But... I, my problem is this game feels very tedious most of the time. Exploration is supposed to be a key factor in a Legend of Zelda game, being that when you take the time to explore and do something, you get a magnificent prize for it. In Skyward Sword, take the, uh, oh gosh, what are they? The Gratitude Crystals. 
sometimes those were really tedious and not that fun. Yeah. But you got stuff like pieces of heart. You got an upgrade to your wallet. You, I miss heart pieces, bro. I really do. You get an upgrade to your wallet. You get, you get something that makes the trek, the journey, whatever you did to get there, worth it. There's there's a video online of somebody I never found this chest because I, I at, there came a certain point where I stopped getting excited seeing chests because there are like maybe two chests in the game where you get something special and one of those things is the Hylian Shield which you got in Breath of the Wild and surprise it's under the castle except you defeat Gloomhands this time which Gloomhands <laughs> are Gloomhands are cool but they missed Ash and I were talking they missed an opportunity to call them some type of master. Because they could have called him a gloom master. That would have been so fucking cool. Gloom masters, or at the very least, floor masters. Because they are floor masters. That's what they fucking are. There's just this version's, this game's version of floor masters. my servants sweep over Hyrule eliminate this kingdom and her allies leave no survivors But they took they took the wonder out of exploration. Yes, seeing the map is cool, but when you're playing the game for hundreds of hours, you want there to be a reward for your investment. People invest in the stock market because they hope that eventually they'll capitalize and make more money. But Tears of the Kingdom is like investing in the stock market and putting in like $100, and at the end of a quarter or however that shit works, you get a bushel of bananas. It's worthless. Like... Bananas are good, but I don't want to invest in the stock market for fucking bananas. And when I say that, there's a very specific side quest. One that 
I think about daily. It's investigating Typhlo Ruins. Typhlo Ruins was one of the most beautiful shots of the trailer because it shows Link, the camera's like panning out, showing Link just like running towards. The trailer was so fucking good. Oh, it was. God. It, and it, it really is. So good. And now I go back and I watch it and I'm disappointed because half the shit that they led you to believe was happening in the trailer really didn't happen that way. Or it happened in a different way that kind of is not as cool as what you thought. Yeah, and I, I kind of experienced that with Breath of the Wild's trailer, too, if I'm being honest. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of like the game felt very different than it was. And once you've, once you've you know, kind of gone through everything, you know, and you realize how much of your expectations that you set for yourself didn't come true. I mean, yeah, you're going to feel disappointed. I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to say I, I think I know what the source of the problem here is. And it, because... You know, there's something I think that we had when we played Breath of the Wild that we have less of here, and that's that wonder. And that's because it very much is the same game. Yes. If you're starting out with this, or you've, or you, uh, it's been a long time since you've played Breath of the Wild, and maybe you didn't really, you know, explore it as much, um, then this game you know, will really feel like new and you'll have a lot of that wonder left. I think, you know, like, like, especially like if you're starting with this, and that's why I'm, I'm happy that this game is so like newcomer friendly, even though it is a sequel to breath of the wild, it doesn't reference any of it. In fact, all of the Sheikah technology, like we said earlier, is mysteriously missing. Um, the divine beasts. I mean, almost everything other than a few characters being, you know, mentioning that, 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 you know, they've adventured with you before, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's, it's very disconnected from that plot other than just taking place after it. Um, and so, but anyway, I, I think what really, what really is the thing, and especially for you, I think you're feeling this more than me because you've played all the way through 100% in Breath of the Wild more than once. Bro, I dog shit Breath of the Wild, bro. <laughs> like, I love that game. That was one of the best games ever. The only, the only issue I had with Breath of the Wild was its story. And I kind of understood it because Nintendo took a different approach. And a lot of people said that they had a specific problem with the story. So, I, you know, I got it. My problem is, why the fuck didn't they fix the other issues that Breath of the Wild so glaringly had? Except for the story. They did a beautiful job with the story. Like, weapon durability? Ass. Yes, I get it. They included the fuse ability and you can fuse stuff to your weapons. It doesn't really increase Uh... their durability by much. It just... I don't really care about the durability. That never bugged me because the game bombards you with so many weapons. And and now I think what really kind of did help fix that issue for a lot of people was that, you know, somebody would make a would have a badass weapon and then they'd just lose it never to, you know, get it again until they reacquired something like it um, or, or, or found it again after a blood moon, right? But that's but that's part of what makes breath that's what makes Zelda so special. The entire journey of Skyward's yeah. I, I reference that game a lot. I love it. The entire journey of Skyward Sword was to bless the Master Sword with divine light that demons revile. You spend half the fucking game upgrading it. Yeah. And in Tears of the Kingdom, you have the most beautiful quest and the most beautiful acquisition of the Master Sword that's, that the series has ever presented. Oh, God, yes. And dink, it's broken in 20 hits with 30 <laughs> power unless you're near gloom enemies. And I'm just like, dude, why? How in the fuck is Zelda going to bless this blade with 10,000 years of divine power for that shit to break on like three enemies? Yeah, because they, they made it, they did make it seem like it needed to be stronger than it was before because Ganon shatters it right away, right? But literally, they, and so they has to. So 
I guess the ba- the sword at base strength should have been more powerful. But so yeah, it's exactly the same way that it works in Breath of the Wild. Um, except that the fuse mechanic makes it to where you could make your master sword quite a bit more powerful, and that will help with the final Ganondorf fight because it it does deal bonus damage against him. So well, if yeah. you combine like your your high like your a Lionel horn to it, then you're you're in good shape. Uh, and that I... master sword actually lasted me the entire battle. It never shattered on me. It's not going to. They made it. They they purposely made it to where it's not going to. Like what I did, my master sword shattered during the Demon King's army fight, and when I went to fight Ganondorf, Link still pulled it out of the hilt and used it. They made it to where no matter what, that blade is available to you during the fight, which is cool. It's Good. really fucking cool. That's important for that fight. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think they really missed out on, especially since he shits on that sword at the beginning of the game, where I replaced his faith in you, and that was all you could do. A blade that shatters so easily against my power cannot save you from me. And guess what? You fuck him up with it. But oh yeah, we, we really need to get into the to that here in a bit. But we still yes. have some. We still got to get into I have, the issues. I I have one more complaint. Um, and there's a lot more I could do to shit on this game. But ultimately, I love it more than I hate it because there are things that I hate. I don't like the fact that. There's no upgrade system in a world where Link could really use leveling up, I guess. I I think I think that if Nintendo could figure out a way to constantly give the player gratification for exploration and killing enemies, like there's a natural progression system where enemies get stronger the further along you get, but not really. It doesn't feel like that. I, I feel like there needs to be something where Link can level up and continue to gradually get stronger but the enemies get harder and there become more enemy variants and like instead of waiting for them to drop a master mode eventually let golden enemies spawn or platinum and diamond enemies that would be ideal actually it would be cool or or actually turn master mode into a true new game plus that that would be cool but yeah no like if 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 if, like the enemies because i know like the I know in Breath of the Wild, for instance, the weapons upgraded over time. Like, so enemies would be carrying more powerful weapons, but that yep. was it. Um, in terms of like, like the same enemies would exist across the world. And that's the same in Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it it would be better if like the like you said, like the enemies upgraded to different tiers just within the game. Yeah, and also one more thing about the Master Sword before we get into like more story elements. Yeah. Um, instead of showing what you fused with the sword um, as, like, the shape, which makes the Master Sword look stupid, by the way. I'm going to be 100% honest. Make it glow with a golden divine light when it's, like, powered up. Like, get make it... Okay, so you know, you've played uh, Link Between Worlds. Or not Link Between... Yeah, Link Between Worlds. You've played Link Between Worlds. Yeah. When you get the Master's Ore and you upgrade your Master Sword, how it's golden? Same thing that shit is... A Link to the Past. Uh, that shit is awesome, bro. Yeah, in both games, the level three Master Sword is is gold. In fact, it's it, in some translations, it's it's the Golden Sword. Like it looks so good. They could have done that. They could have outdone themselves with so many small Zelda things, and they chose to make your sword look like a wing when you fuse it with <laughs> with a Gibdo wing. So it's interesting because it kind of like like it'll kind of like it's kind of ethereal like the the attachment to the master sword like the extension of it so like it'll go away and come out 
So yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, but it would have been cooler if it was golden, right? Like referencing yeah. Zelda's, or like every time it powered up, it was golden instead of that blue color. That would be yeah. cool, actually. It's kind of like a nice little hint to yeah, how much like, more to it being blessed with that. Change like, it up a little bit. Don't make it the. I will say I do like that uh, they took away that horrible sound that the Master Sword made when you hit enemies with it in Breath of the Wild. I always hated that sound. Also, another nice thing that they added was that when you're wearing the champion's leathers or the tunic of memories, uh, the ma- you can you Master Sword beams even when you're like at no, no matter what level of health you have. I did not know that. That yep. is pretty fucking dope. Okay, cool. Because I, all right, so I'm working on, I finished all of the shrines, so I'm working on upgrading, well, I actually haven't played Zelda in like a week, I need to hop back into it. I got into this show called Suits, and I took, I took uh, my Switch with me to my future in-laws house this weekend, they had me watch their puppies. I took it with me so that I could play Zelda while I was home alone, I didn't touch that shit, I left it in my car, I was just watching Suits the whole time, it's a great show, but... I, I'm working on the Ancient Heroes aspect, trying to upgrade it. And right now I have it at like two stars. That armor is cool, except for the face. I fucking hate how Link's face looks with that armor. Because he looks like a miniature Raru, and it's weird. He looks, <laughs> like, a, he looks, he looks the, like a lizard dragon baby, and it's weird. Yeah, it's like, it, it kind of feels like this is the, the suit that you got after completing all the shrines. You want to use it to fight Ganon, but looking like that, no. It's like, I want to look like Link when I fight Ganondorf. <laughs> Especially, um, all right, story, especially. story time, story time. Almost. So <laughs> you, you listed some of your grievances. Well, allow me to retort. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I definitely agree that like with what's basically two thirds of the exploration of the game being basically Breath of the Wild. But um, I, I will say that. As, as far as, like, fixing some of the issues that Breath of the Wild had, I mean, you, you had mentioned uh, how the uh, the weapons system is still kind of messed up. And I, I disagree because I think that fusing the uh, fusing materials to weapons kind of brings back some of that ability to make badass weapons. So that feeling that players had where they would, like, find a badass weapon and then break it and then, you know, it's gone, you can kind of reclaim some of that because now you can make all sorts of badass weapons with the fuse abilities. And adding that creativity in, as well as adding the creativity with the, um, with the like, with the uh, Ultra Hand and Auto Build systems really does help to um to uh differentiate this and to bring some distinctions but i i I, sorry i'm sorry (laughs) no you're good i i did hit like a period of time where i definitely wanted some time away from the game and i needed to like play some some other things you know final fantasy 16 had come out and um i played you know I, I remember I finished uh, Danganronpa V3 because I really wanted to finish that. I just kind of played with some other things for like a week or two. And then I came back to it. Um, and I started getting some of that sense of wonderment back as I just, you know, started to discover some of the other things that the game has to offer. Like, you know, being able to build your own house. And then especially the story. This is what really reinvigorated this for me. This is what m- turned this game from, you know, me starting to be disappointed in what I felt was going to be the greatest game of all time to still my personal favorite game of all time. Um, and, and yeah, so we can get we can jump into the story now. Let's do it. Yeah, because let's do finishing it. the story before for doing this episode is what really won. Yeah, is what made this game win me over <laughs> again. 
Yeah, the, to be honest, the end of this game is... There are a lot of people that hate the end. And I'm like, dude, the ending is perfect. There's nothing dude. wrong with it. Oh my it's god. so good, bro. I fucking cried, dude. Because midway through the game, when at whatever point you finish the Dragon Tear side quest, you get the heartbreaking revelation that the Zelda that you know is dead. We find out exactly what happened to Zelda in the past. Instead of telling us in the first 15 minutes to an hour of the game what happened... We, we, you actually have to work your way to get there. And so Zelda swallows a secret stone and, and becomes an immortal dragon, losing her sense of self in order to protect the Master Sword for 10,000 years. Literally just so that she could get it back to Link. And I think that it was completely and totally an act of love. Not just because she knows he needs to uh, defeat the Demon King, and that's the blade that's going to help him do it, but... She knows that Link is his true self when he's got that blade. And she knows that, A, um, that's what he needs to defeat Hyrule, but also that's how she was going to get... She realizes that that was going to be the only way she could see him, even if she couldn't realize it herself. And to me, that made me cry. Dude, Danielle and I... Danielle actually watched me play this entire game. Yeah. And she, she, she and I kind of looked at each other... When we realized, we kind of called what was... Uh, well, actually, I had no idea. Let's put it that way. I had no fucking idea that Zelda was going to eat the stone. No clue. See, I called it, actually. I Because they, they referenced it early on in one of the memories. So I, I called it, and I knew that she was going to do that. And I think by the end of it, they, you know, I think we did acknowledge that Zelda was awakening her time power, so she could have potentially found a way to get back to the the present using her powers as a time sage. Yeah, but, but there would have the been only, no way for her to save the sword. The sword. That was the mech. That's why she had to do what she did. She had to re-heal the Master Sword so that Link stood a chance and get the sword to him. And the only way to do that was that was to become an immortal dragon so she could carry that to him, literally. And that's the thing, is she realized that you know, Link needed that sword in order to stand a chance and also for the kingdom of Hyrule to stand a chance in the future. And so she did what needed to be done and it was heartbreaking. I remember you telling me that, you know, get ready, like you're going to cry whenever you whenever you, you finish the Dragon Tears quests. Because so, I certainly fucking did. Oh, I man. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah, but I think you and I were both like, no, nah, we're going to find a way to undo this. Like maybe Link's going to go back in time and prevent it. Like, Let's let's just uh, you know we we know somehow, but still like we don't have any idea. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a way out of this situation, and it's heartbreaking. So fast forward, right? It's the end of the game. You're gonna go and fight Ganondorf now. You've made it through Gloom's Lair. You're a badass if you're able to get there, and you, this is. And I'm yeah, actually watching a playthrough easy. of it. it. It is among the most difficult. Uh, boss battles in the game, um, if not the most difficult. Uh, I died during it, and I realized you had to start the entire battle over again. Um, so first you fight Ganon, the, the, the Demon King's army. That much you don't have to redo it once you beat. But <laughs> um, The Demon King's army is cool because that's actually the point at which if you haven't beat the dungeons, where you have to fight the, the, uh, uh, the boss rush, the uh, gauntlet of bosses. Yeah, I think I, I I is that how Nintendo incorporated the boss rush into these games because I I like it to where it's an Well, mm. you can do it because they're all in the depths too, which is nice. You can do like a you can rematch all of the bosses. I guess Revenses. once the blood moon. 
Um. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, that's another. Oh, dude. Zelda's voice actor is not good. Oh, Patricia I Summer. I thought she was I'm sorry. fine. She, she's man. better than she was in Breath of the Wild, but that Blood Moon cutscene, it's awful. Well, when the glow uh, of the blood-stained moon shines upon the land. It's meant it's to be bad. off, though, because it's not her. That's the point. She sounds I mean, yes. robotic and stilted because it's not her. It's Phantom Ganon. And that, that, that's important. That's why it sounds so off. <laughs> but you fight the Demon King's army, potentially fight the bosses again if you didn't fight the other ones. Uh, and then you fight Ganondorf, the man himself. Um, the first oh. part's not too bad. Uh, and the sages come to help you out. But then the second part was where I started to have trouble. <laughs> yeah, that shit's tough, bro. <laughs> it's hard. It's an all-out duel, and that's usually how it is with Ganondorf fights. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I, did I tell you that you could dead man's volley some of his projectiles? You told me that, and I did not know that before. That's fucking awesome. Dude, also, I, he flurry rushes you, the bastard. Talk to me about that. That shit scared the fuck out of me, because I thought I was done. <laughs> I was like, if he can flurry rush you, does that mean he can just brutalize you? Or like he right does the there? bullet time anyway. Um, I don't. I know. I don't know if he can flurry rush. Maybe if you let him. But um, I know he does do the bullet time effect, which was like was like a what? Like that. That scared me too. That was a moment of the game that was genuinely terrifying. And he's tough. The timing is tough to dodge and to parry him. And even if you do dodge him, he'll just dodge right back for on your counter attack. So he is a tough enemy. I did find that bows were pretty effective against him. Just get a Lionel bow with five, five times arrows, uh, and just attach some Gibdo fucking bones and whatever your highest, um, uh, highest value, uh, fusion materials are. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really, really appreciated the, the cinematic nature of the ending. Like when you walk in and he's just, he's just kind of marinating. Witness the, you witness the revival of a king and his new world. Do not look away. You witness a king's revival. That's it. And the birth of his new world. That's it. Yep. You have, you have it. That, and uh, and a pretty good good Matt Mercer impression there too. Like he's, yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Cool. Oh, he's so good. Ganon, Ganon daddy still all the way to the end. Like he, Poppy. Damn. Daddy Dorf. The the daddy king. Do not look away. God, he's so fucking cool. And Matt Mercer did a really good job as Ganondorf. You know, as good as, you know, the voice acting and stuff in the game could be. I actually played the whole game in Japanese. So the the ending of the game was not portrayed by Matt Mercer. It was portrayed by um, the name of the Japanese voice actor. And please look it up because I feel awful right now not knowing that information. Yeah. Um, you it, witnessed I've heard King's some of the revival. Japanese dub and, it's, and it is actually really, really good. Bro, it's bad. Be- oh, dude, the, at the beginning of the game... When you, (laughs) whoever, oh my God, the Japanese voice actor for Ganondorf at the beginning of the game is so good, bro. Really? It's so good. You, okay, actually, after we, after we, uh, after we finish up recording here in a a few, uh, we're going to hop in Discord. I'm going to switch over to my other PC. We're going to hop in Discord and I'm going to show you that part because it's fucking amazing. Alrighty. All right, continue. I'm sorry. That's good to me. Um, yeah, no, and I was watching those, uh, the, the, uh, the Japanese version clips, uh, it actually made me, made me realize how much I want a Zelda anime. 
Like, I, I went from wanting a Zelda live-action movie to a Zelda live-action series to wanting, no, I want a Zelda anime. That's anime what we all the way. Studio and Ghibli Link. style, like... And still give me a silent link. I never want him to talk. No. No. Or very, very minimal if you have to. Like, but, yeah. I, mm, I don't know, man. I, I Silent link. Like, if he at least, like, if he just voiced, like, his, the responses that he makes whenever yeah. you get custom responses, then uh, that, or that would... Or he's just, like... <laughs> like in the for, games yeah so for the i don't know if anybody's gonna see this but for when he's talking to people he just extends both his arms out <laughs> and his lips aren't even moving this shit's too funny bro <laughs> but already so you fight Ganon daddy you fight super daddy super super saiyan daddy super saiyan ganon daddy and Probably then daddy. and then you and then ganon ganondorf does the only a logical thing that you know the, like like you, you think about it and you're like no actually i should have seen this coming because he, he does Gross. exactly you know the logical conclusion of what you would think a, a, at the end of the story and that's he swallows a secret stone himself and he becomes the demon dragon and while it's not a difficult boss battle it is an epic one. Oh no see the thing is tears of the kingdom did what breath of the wild was trying to do that it didn't matter if that fight was difficult. With Dark Beast Ganon, you're just on a horse riding circles around him while he's like derpily stomping on the ground and shooting lasers. No, Demon Dra- Basically, he and Zelda are tussling in the sky while you are skydiving. Like, first of all, when he eats the secret stone, you see his entire fucking arm go down his throat. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um,. When the fight starts, he captures Link in his mouth and takes him outside. Zelda comes out of nowhere in dragon form. This is where I believe that Zelda's powers took hold of her, or her reincarnation as the goddess Hylia took over, because she knew that it was time to go protect the hero. Yep. She, w- she went in and she basically steered him off course and made him drop Link. She catches Link in midair, and then the best shot in the entire series where Link is standing on Zelda's head, facing off against the Demon King. He draws his sword, and the fight starts. It's so good. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm literally watching it right now as you speak, and it's pretty much in sync um, with my playthrough in the background. So this is perfect. That's a good boy, man. this is this is this is really bringing back you know how I felt too like I'm I'm playing this it's late at night and you know it's ready like this is time this is this is the end you know this is the final battle and he pulls out the sword it glows and it's go time and again this battle is not difficult but it is epic and I felt that way about the Dark Beast Ganon fight I actually liked it it's one of my favorite boss battles in the series just in sheer terms of epicness this one managed to outdo it like times ten. That's how good it is. You're you're on 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 the riding Zelda up in the sky, and she goes up into the air, and you jump off. And when you have to either shoot arrows, or it's more effective to just jump on his back and slash away at these little eye pustule things along the body of the dragon, and then after you're done, he shakes you off, or you jump off, and Zelda comes down and catches you and brings you all the way back up. It's fucking awesome. You've got the light it's dragon amazing. versus the demon dragon, and, and, and Link just kind of, and Link is just, he's just, just pounding away, and like, you know, 
all of the the fights with Ganon um, involve gloom, right? So like Ganon, what was more what was difficult about the Daddy Dorf fights that we didn't mention was that they all cause gloom damage, meaning they that Link loses hearts temporarily. Oh, also he loses hearts permanently. You remember that thing he does at the beginning of the game where he permanently knocks out all forty of Link's fucking hearts down to three. Some of his attacks do that in the in the the final boss battle sequence. And they will, you will actually lose that heart until the end of the game or the end of the battle. Um, but the demon dragon fight takes place in the sky. So that's kind of your little reprieve. If you, even if you've run out of gloom uh, food to heal you, at least you can just use standard food healers. Or the game actually might heal you back up. I'm not too sure. But it's a good little reprieve before the sequence. But God, it is such a good boss battle. And then you jump on his head and you strike the, the the sacred stone itself on his head and it is so epic and it's what happens after that that just cemented this to me as the best Zelda story of all time dude <laughs> yeah it's 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 alright so Link pulls the sword out of the secret stone flies off of the dragon like a G managing to continue holding onto the sword by the way falls down Zelda catches him the secret, he looks Zelda and Link in the eyes as the stone shatters on the top of his head. He flies into the sky, and this man detonates like a fucking nuke. And just, it is the most glorious and overdramatic explosion I've ever seen in a video game. And as Link is riding Zelda's back, watching this happen, you see the little title that says, Destroy Ganondorf. Complete. And it is... So yes! it is so thematically perfect. And Ash, please talk about what happens next. Okay, so Link is suddenly transported to another plane, as it might, something to that effect. Um, and all of a sudden, his hand starts glowing, and you see, you're already, I think, as a player, knowing what's going to happen. And I'm starting to tear up because I realize he's going to find a way to take her back. And, like, I'm mm. already, man, I'm, the tears are already coming. I see Raru and Sonia appear as spirits behind Link, and they add their light magic and their time magic to, to Raru's arm that Link has. And they manage to reverse Zelda. I think the time magic um, is really at play here with that. And so they, they'd actually, what we thought was irreversible, what we were told in the game was irreversible, is now reversible. And you know what's funny is they don't even really have to explain it because as the players, we've earned it and we want that for Link. And it's such a beautiful fucking moment. And and as you see Zelda's form turn back to her original form and Link's original arm is restored and he's shirtless now. So you can for see some reason, thing. I don't understand the shirtless link, but I guess it's so that they can restore his arm. By the way, they just take off your top armor and your and your helmet. So whatever pants you're having, stay on um, throughout the rest of the game sequence here. But um, sudden, somehow Zelda is restored, and then Raru and Sonya fade away, and and Link looks at his his arm, which is the way that it used to be. Um, his original arm that he lost at the beginning of the game, and then he kind of fades out. You know, he 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 goes unconscious. He wakes up in the middle of the sky. He's falling, and a reprise of the main theme plays. 
Uh, the the so main good. theme of Tears of the Kingdom, which is a good fucking theme. Except um, while he's looking around, you know, it's, it feels very much like an anime. The whole Ganon daddy fight also felt very anime-esque. Like, he, he even had a, this isn't my final form line. He did. He said, and I, I'm not even nearing the limits of my power. Yes. <laughs> anyway, oh. tangent. Uh, so we're in the middle of the sky. Link sees Zelda falling below him. And it's at that moment that I'm like, no, you have to get her. We have to get her. We spent all this time and we finally rescued her. And it's like, just go get her, King. And the game puts you in, t- in control. And you start to dive as this variation on the Tears of the Kingdom main, play- main theme plays. And as you get closer to Zelda and you're diving at her in the sky, getting closer and closer so that you can catch her, the, you start to hear uh, elements of Zelda's lullaby play interspersed throughout this variation on the main theme. And then suddenly, as you get right up to her, a prompt, A, reach appears. You press that. And the main, a little jingle of the Zelda overworld theme, the main series theme plays, just kind of like a, like a low tempo variation of it, as you're reaching your hand out to grab her. And it is so epic. And you hold down A, and Link gets closer and closer and closer. And then he catches her, the music stops, the next scene loads, and they dive into the water, and he's got her in his, in his arms. And that sequence, that entire sequence, exactly the way that I described it, made me fucking cry, dude. It's so good. It's very good. And you need to re-experience it now that you've got an OLED on the way. Yes, sir. I did finally order an OLED on a payment plan, so as my Switch light's starting to kind of break down, and I had some Joy-Con drift, which... Probably wasn't helping as I was doing the, um, I was hitting, you know, my lull with the game. But this part of the game for me worked perfectly somehow. I didn't really have any issues. Um, Or if I did, I ignored them because I was so overjoyed. And this sequence in particular, like, I mean, it was just so perfectly executed. Like, it it was literally perfect. Absolutely Perfect. 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 Everything <laughs> down to the last minute details. Seriously, oh, dude. Uh, it, it, it's just like it felt so much like an anime, which really helped, I think, for me. Um, and, and just, yeah, the moment I'm watching it now on screen here, the moment where Lake is diving down to catch Zelda is just, it's just peak Legend of Zelda right there. I think, I think it's like the greatest sequence in this franchise. This is definitely the best final boss sequence. Absolutely, 100%. I didn't think, for the longest time, I didn't think that uh, fight-wise, Twilight Princess was going to get trumped, and I didn't think that cinematically Skyward Sword was going to get trumped. Because Demise is easy as fuck, but that cinematography is amazing. It's so good. But yeah, dude, and then um, at the end of the game, uh, post-credits, basically, you get... A sequence up in the sky with uh, Zelda and the sages. She's basically thanking them for everything that they did. They are kind of, they take a group pledge, which kind of has a little bit of a comic relief as they both mess up together and then pledge their loyalty to Hyrule and to Zelda and their fealty. Um, They say goodbye to Minoru because her spirit fades and she's gone from the construct. Um, And then they basically leave it open-ended for the next title, which is you know the way they should have ended it you know kind of keep it keep it 
you know, keep it so that we can figure it out at some point. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they do with DLC. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's time for a new 2D Zelda. I, I, I would love to see, or uh, yeah, a 2D like traditional Zelda game, like as like a, like a like a not a spinoff, but like a. Like, you know, it's part of the mainline game series, but you know, it's what they do in between the major console releases. Yeah, but do one for a Switch. Do one for the Switch. But that's not it's a all on Switch now, so and it's all one console anyway. But but yeah, no, no, need no, for no them to switch things up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah, no, the secret or true ending. I, uh, I I don't know exactly how it's triggered. If it's just doing all the dungeons or doing all the main quests, I've heard different things. But I know that that, that post credit scene is, is, is not part of the default ending. Um, you have to do something extra to get it. Anyway, uh, that, that was really fun, and I really did enjoy that. But I think, yeah, the, the moments that really stuck with me were just, just the way that that final sequence did, and also the love between Link and Zelda, which is so obvious. Again, not as overt as Skyward Sword is by a mile, and yet somehow like it's, it's confirmed because she says... I woke up to a warm, loving embrace. And there's just, there's no other lines to read there. <laughs> For people who have figured out how to like mod the game and play it on PC, somebody like increased the field of view. And uh -huh. Nintendo actually put in Link smiling when she said that. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really sweet. That when I felt something like a warm, loving embrace, I woke up. The line's right He's, here on screen. And he smiled. And he smiled. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, like, yeah, the fact that people were able to play this on PC, like, right when it came out, actually, before, right before the game leaked. Yeah, that's a whole can of worms that Nintendo never wanted open. I will say, yeah, as anti-consumer as Nintendo is known to be, this and some other things that they've done are steps in the right direction. And also, I think the devs that worked on this game deserve to be paid for it. So I do recommend buying a copy of this. If you want to also play it on PC and get some of the advantages of that, sure. But I, I definitely think Buy it's the worth game. it. Buy the game. Put the money. Give the money and put it in those developers' pockets because they absolutely. deserve it for what they did. This is incredible work. Um, absolutely. And absolutely hope to God that no crunch was involved in the making of this. Um, I haven't heard anything about that, like anything like that happening in Nintendo. In fact, I heard Japan as a whole, like, isn't like that. So <laughs> that's, that's yeah. good to hear if true. Well, I certainly hope so, but uh, I think it's about time we wrap it up. We've been at this for probably over an hour now. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into our final thoughts on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Zach, warts and all. Um, after kind of going back through it and rehashing the story with you, uh, the st for me, coming into this, it was a 6 out of 10. But the oh, story, no. yeah, the story, the story bumps it up. I'm sorry, I just can't get over how, like, almost pointless exploration feels in this game just because of the rewards that you don't get. Like I did a whole side quest line and I got Topaz for it. And I was pissed off. Like that kind of stuff bothered me, but the rewards are bad. <laughs> the the rewards agree. are bad. Like you collect a thousand Koroks and you get shit for it. All right. That's beside the point. Okay. But that was a troll move because you're not actually intended to get all 900. But, Korok that's, seeds. but that's the only way that you can hundred percent the game. This is true. Only way. So, but my final thoughts, the game gets a 9 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10 if the exploration was better and it was more rewarding. So, I give 0.5 to each of those things. Because everything else about the game is stellar. The music is one of a kind. It's absolutely breathtaking. Um, 
it's visually stunning on six-year-old hardware. Like hardware. Shout out to Nintendo for keeping it up. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy the gameplay feel of the game. A lot of people didn't like the combat, but that's one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, and just everything that you can see for the first time. The exploration and discovery of things, like the overworld bosses, like Gleox and stuff. We didn't even talk about that. Well, we talked about that shit last time. But um, overall, phenomenal game. We'll play it again at some point, especially because DLC will be coming out. Uh, highly recommend. What about you, bud? Oh, so my journey through Tears of the Kingdom is not completely over. I don't know that I will get all 1,000 Korok seeds. Um, because as mentioned before, I don't think, you know, I think Dan made a really good point that stood out to me. It's not necessarily, it's not like that's actually in, intended for you to do. Um, half, getting half of those in Breath of the Wild actually expanded your inventory fully. But I think that, the, the, you know, they're kind of one of those things that's just like, as you come across the world, you always have something to find and, and a little puzzle to do, which is nice. And the way in which they improved that was good. But anyway, moving on from, uh, moving on to non-specific things. Part one, I was ready to call this game the greatest game of all time, but I told myself, wait, let's play through the whole game. And I'm glad I did because, you know, I don't know that I can call this the greatest game of all time because of just a couple things for me. Um, and also knowing that if you didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild, this isn't fundamentally different. In fact, it's basically the same game at its core. Um, it, it's like the meat on the skeleton. And... And in a lot of ways, it's kind of what Breath of the Wild should have been. I can see where this could, this was originally DLC, as I heard. So I can see how that's the case. Although we wouldn't have gotten nearly as, as much out of the abilities of, as we did. And that's really the winner here. The new abilities in the game, um, which really helped to, to change this experience. I know, like, Breath of the Wild is a game I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend to uh, my ex-wife. But Tears of the Kingdom is. Um, that, that's a conversation I had with her recently. I was knowing like what kind of gameplay that she's into. Like the creative aspect of Tears of the Kingdom helps with that. But if you didn't like Breath of the Wild, this isn't going to be a different experience, right? It, but if you're like me and you love Breath of the Wild, but you had a couple complaints with it, this does fix some of those in a lot of good ways. Um, if anything, it just makes me more excited for the next mainline entry because I know like, at this point it's probably going to have to be something completely new. I think in part one we were like, yeah, they could do a third one, and now I'm like, eh, I don't really think they need to. Just knock, knock it out of the park with the DLC and we're good. Um, but I, I think the next Zelda game should be something totally different, something totally new, but still holding to this open world formula because we know that that's here to stay. The numbers don't lie. Um, so while this isn't the greatest game of all time, necessarily, it is my personal favorite video game of all time. Definitely my favorite Zelda game of all time. Um, so, and then I, that's a different. Calling something the best versus calling something your favorite are two different things. And I think this is one of the best games of all time, as all Zelda games are. <laughs> um, and it's still very much a Zelda game. And if you're a Zelda fan, you should play it, unless you really hated Breath of the Wild, in which case, you know, this is, it's, it's Breath of the Wild 2. That's what it is, um, plain and simple. But, yeah. God, I have loved my experience with this game. Maybe some of my thoughts will change as I reach what I consider to be my personal 100% completion, um, which I'm, I'm nearing towards. I definitely want to hit all of the shrines. Um, Breath of the Wild, I found and upgraded every piece of armor. Um, I don't know if I'll actually go to the trouble of upgrading every single piece of armor, but I'll, at least nah, all the ones that it. I care about. Um, and I'll do all of the Korok seeds necessary to... Uh, upgrade my inventory, of course. 
Um, I've already built a badass house that I'm totally in love with. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, although 15 pieces, Nintendo, come on, give us more. I want to try out all of the rooms. 15 is so little. Hopefully the DLC Dude, expands that. At some point, honestly, brother, I want to show you my house because it's dope. But Hell thank yeah. you all for listening. Seriously, thank you for listening. Um, this has been a really fun two-parter. I'm glad Ash and I could finally sit down and record. Uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law got married this past weekend, and it was beautiful. Uh, and it makes me really excited because Ash is actually going to come out here in November because your boy is getting married to yeah. the most beautiful woman on the planet, Danielle. I know you'll listen to this at some point. I love you very much. Um, let's get married in November. And also, if you haven't taken the time to play it, and for some reason you're a psychopath and like spoilers, and you've listened this far, go play the fucking game. It's great. Seriously. It's a good time. Seriously. Uh, wholeheartedly so. recommend it. Um, if you're somebody that's played through Breath of the Wild many times, I've only played through it, like, I've only played through the main story actually once. I've gotten close um, one other time when we did our Let's Play um, and I, I got a bit of the ways through on when I rebought it on Switch, but I, I've only beat the main story once, and I've only gotten as close to 100% completion as I did once. Um, the only thing that I had not done in Breath of the Wild was get every single Korok seed. I just got the half of them that was necessary and a few more, but I did everything else there was to do in that game. And uh, this game, I expect to do um, probably not even that much to be honest because I already did it and I don't and I feel like you know like with you my enjoyment somewhat is going to be hampered by redoing something I've already done before but that's what's beautiful yeah. about an open world game is you can do as much or as little as you want to do and yep your playthrough your choice and this game offers so much more freedom than Breath of the Wild did when it comes to puzzles when it comes to everything um, and it manages to do everything in my opinion uh, just a little bit better if not a, actually a lot better, in my opinion. But <laughs> um, in total agreement. And I, I think at some point, you know, I think I, I was thinking about like ep games that we would later do a Redux on, and I remember some time back I realized Breath of the Wild was one of them. And then I got Tears of the Kingdom came out, and I'm like, Breath of the Wild feels so redundant now. But now I'm thinking about it. When when we get to like episode 100, I think I want to do a two part on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom revisit those probably here in a couple years or so yeah i to be honest i don't know if i'll ever play breath of the wild again if nothing else but for the story um for the podcast then, for the uh, i mean yeah but oh <laughs> uh, i beat the shit out of that game twice i don't know if i could ever play it again play as much play as much or as little as you want to that's the beauty of it yeah especially when you're revisiting but yeah um, we didn't even get into some of the bosses. Like I'm watching the, uh, somehow it skipped over to the Colgara boss fight, which is, well, we did talk about that being like one of the best fights in the series. It's so fucking good. Well, the thing Easy, is, but we good. can do, we can do spoilers, but we can leave some things to, you know, discover. And I think it's good that we didn't get into those because yeah, people are going to know the gist of the story, but let them experience the bits and pieces. Right. So, like, go go into it with, like, high expectation. Or go into it with your own expectations. That's and true. And with it. With as so, big as this game is, there may be significant parts of it that you haven't discovered yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I so, know I, I rushed and, and finished the main story before I was actually would have normally. So, um, I want to say ready to, but I actually was totally ready to now in retrospect. But, um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, we'll 100% like recommend getting into this. I think at some point, I know we have like a, a boss rankings uh, bonus round episode that we can do later, so we can actually really get into some of the bosses then, and I'm sure at some point we'll this will come up in a bonus round one way or another. Well, I mean, that's that's fine with me, but we've <laughs> been on, we've been dragging on for long enough. Thank you yes. guys so much for tuning in with us. I have to show Ash this Japanese intro to this game so that Alrighty. he can himself. So, yeah, uh, you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm not even going to get into the whole list of it. It's in our show notes. Uh, Stay tuned for Season 6 of Collateral Gaming because we're going to be opening up the season in September with a two-part season premiere on Spider-Man PS4 and Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, in preparation for the October release of Spider-Man 2, which we will be covering in November. Again, a two-part, first part being spoiler-free, second part going into the full spoilers, like we did with this and God of War Ragnarok. So that's what we'll be opening up with. Um, We also do have, you know, our uh, scary shit planned in October. As we get closer to that, we'll finalize it. Um, But yeah, thank you for... um, sticking with us this has been an incredible season of collateral gaming um and like zach said i mean we've really been bullshitting this long enough i just uh (laughs) gotta do the the usual plugs so with that all being said i've been ashley chancellor i have been and will always be no i'm zachary (laughs) Gio. this has been collateral gaming season five We'll see you guys in September. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.